Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're seeking to understand about the kingdom of God. We've been looking closely at a number of parables and you made the point at the beginning of this week, Colin, that some of them talk about the present reality of the kingdom. Some of them look to the future and the future fulfilment. And I guess the parable we're going to look at today, the parable of the ten virgins, as it's called in Matthew 25, is one of those. Yes, it's one that relates to the future fulfillment of the kingdom. Uh, we, we haven't looked at all the parables. We've, we've, we've tried to get an overview of what the New Testament teaches about the kingdom of God. Um, uh, but we have, uh, I think, used all the main parables that really speak to us about the present nature of the kingdom, the future nature of, 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 of the kingdom, what is going to happen when the kingdom is fulfilled. So let's read this parable from Matthew 25. At that time, the kingdom of heaven. So at that time looks, of course, to the future, to the time when Jesus will come again, to the time when there will be the end of this age as we know it. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Right, now, we have been saying in these last few days how important it is once we have received the gift of the kingdom to live the life of the kingdom, to live in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, to be anticipating his coming again, to be living the life of the kingdom here on earth. That is what God expects and requires of all those who belong to the kingdom. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, he likens this kingdom to the, uh, or the future aspect of the kingdom, to the coming of the bridegroom, the coming to the great wedding feast that there is going to be in heaven for all those who are saved, the redeemed of the Lord. Five of these virgins were wise. They had a supply of spare oil. Uh, five were foolish. They were unprepared. Why? Because nobody knows when Jesus will come again. Don't listen to anybody who has tried to work it out because Jesus makes it clear the Father alone determines this. Nobody else knows. So uh, it's incumbent upon us really to live 
expecting, anticipating the coming of Jesus, being ready for him, praying for his coming. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Now, we know from Scripture that an awful lot has to happen in the world before uh, Jesus will come again. Uh, but nevertheless, we're told to live in the constant expectation and anticipation of this great event when all of God's purposes will be brought to fulfillment. Everything will be brought under the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every knee will bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everybody will have to admit the truth of the gospel. And there will be the judging of, of, of everyone, uh, of the living, of the dead. Um, and God will reward each one according to what he has done. So all this we know lies in the future. Now, all of them, all these ten virgins fell asleep, not just the foolish ones. They all um, got tired of waiting. Uh, I think it's very easy for us to lose sight of the fact that Jesus is going to come again and just live our lives um, you know, out day by day in relationship with him without sort of thinking or anticipating that. Um, we're rightly concerned about what God does in the here and now. But then, you see, everything that God does now is in preparation for his coming again. And I think it's a pretty valid question uh, to ask of any church. Is your church living in expectation of Jesus coming again? Is it preparing for his coming? Are we reaching out into the world with the gospel? Are we praying? Are we watchful in prayer? Are we really being the leaven in the lump of the world? Are we being light uh, and salt for the earth in the way that God intends? Because all that is, is sort of being uh, wise in preparing for Jesus to come again. Now, those who, if you like, were doing that, despite their weariness, but they were doing that, they had the spare oil, they had the resources available. They were ready. So when the bridegroom came, they went in and entered into the wedding feast with him. The foolish ones were caught napping. Uh, the, they, they really were just unprepared. There was no fresh oil. The, the resources of God's anointing and of his spirit in their lives was not adequate to meet the situation and the needs. So what does the oil really represent? So, well, um, oil, generally speaking in Scripture, represents the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Um, in, in this context, it's the resources because the Holy Spirit is the great resource that God has given us, you know. Um, I can remember years and years ago going to a, a church conference that was all about resources uh, and nobody mentioned the Holy Spirit and I stood up and mentioned the Holy Spirit and the bishops nearly fell off their chairs, you know. Uh, what do you mean we haven't mentioned the Holy Spirit? And I said, well, the Holy Spirit is the great resource that we have in the church. If we don't trust in the Holy Spirit, if we're not people of faith in the Holy Spirit, then we will never um, find adequate resources to actually do the work of the kingdom, spiritual, material, financial resources, whatever. God will supply the resources if we are dependent upon the Holy Spirit. So I think these wise ones were those who were really dependent 
um, the foolish ones just had an initial experience, if you like, but didn't go on. They didn't have any spare uh, spare oil. They, 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 they were content with what they received at the beginning, but suddenly they realized they needed more. They did not have the resources that were needed for the time, so they had to then go off and get those resources. So the fact is that all ten would have called themselves believers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But only half were actually ready. Absolutely. So the question is a very obvious one. How do we know we're ready? Well, uh, the answer to that is you're not supposed to. But, you see, you're not supposed to assume that you're ready. Because if you assume that you're ready, you'll think, I've arrived. I'm all right. There's nothing more I need to do. Whereas it's quite clear from the Gospels and from the whole of the New Testament that just to receive the gift of the kingdom, to receive the Holy Spirit is not enough. To receive the first fruits of salvation is not enough. That we have to live the saved life. We have to live the life of the kingdom. We have to live in the power of the Spirit. We have to do the works of the kingdom. We have to produce the fruit that God is expecting of every branch in the vine. So because these people were not ready, they were not waiting, they were not, if you like, living the life of the kingdom, doing the work of the kingdom. As if Jesus when, was coming back tonight. Yeah, I mean, when, when Jesus comes back, they are not equipped, they're not ready. They're off doing something else. And so the door is shut now. When God opens a door, no man can shut it. When God shuts a door, no man can open it. That's what the scripture says. And interesting, I mean, this is a parable about the kingdom. Some will be ready. Some will be walking with the Lord. Some will be obedient. Some will be living the life of the kingdom. Some will not. It's a warning, Keep but going. also a promise that those who are ready will enter into the wedding feast of the Lamb. They will sit and feast with God for all eternity. Picturesque language, but whatever it means, it sounds good. Those who are not ready, those who are not on the watch, the door will be shut in their face. Now, I didn't say this. Jesus says it. And what is the warning that he gives? Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. There's another message in this, don't grow weary. You know, there's a scripture, do not grow weary in doing good. Do not grow weary in saying, oh, it's never gonna happen, Jesus isn't gonna come again, we just gotta soldier on, soldier on, soldier on. Yes, you have to persevere. There's the other parable we haven't had time to look at of the persistent widow, you know, the one who kept on, kept on, kept on asking. There, there's this element of persistence in the kingdom. We have to keep on, keep doing what is good, keep doing what is right, keep obeying the Lord, keep walking with him so that we are ready. Whenever he comes again, we are ready. And uh, we're longing for that time. So it isn't a question just of going to church and saying your prayers but of being a worker for the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom extended, to see the will and the purpose of God fulfilled, to see that we're bearing fruit for the glory of God, knowing that our reward will be great in heaven. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 